This is Jason K. And this is Jason M. And this is Context Free, the gaming podcast where we talk about cardboard games, video games, role-playing games. Uh, those are video games on console, mobile, Steam, whatever, VR games, retro games. We like it all, don't we? We do. Definitely. Uh, here we are in October. We had a game of Fury of Dracula a week or two ago. The can't, Fury. can't remember. We played uh, four of us uh, with both of us and our wives. Uh, I played Dracula. Everyone else was trying to hunt me down as I played hide and seek. Stake you. Across Europe. Stake you. Yeah. You guys didn't get close to staking me. We did me. not. Um, Fury of Dracula two. is a fairly old game. It's had, so I think it's on its fourth edition now, like fourth edition of rules. But at the core, it's essentially the same. It's a super thematic game of hide-and-seek of Dracula and vampire hunters going across Europe. There's some battling in it, but most of the game is this hidden movement uh, mechanic of you know Dracula trying to set traps along the way and, and incubate vampires and the hunters trying to build up build up their their items and, and different things and try to hunt them down. Really cool map. You know, it's they're trying to find the trail. Trying to find the trail. Initially they're trying to find the trail. And then right. they're trying to not be killed by surprise vampires and right. bats right. and things. Fury right. of Dracula for me is one of those games that it's like uh it's kinda like a once or twice a year type thing. There's no way I would ever play this. You don't it's not all the it's time. not Halloween all year for you, not at your house. No, it's not. It's not. We we kind of gotten into the Halloween stuff. We got some decorations up and kind of get into it this year, um, more than we have in the past. Not not crazy inflatables, but yeah, we got some stuff. But I, I really wanted to to play that. A lot of people like to play Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is another Halloween thematic game. Um, I picked this up last year in a trade, and you know, I just thought it'd be I thought it'd be kind of a fun thing. I think that. From what I've read, you know, the the more you kind of play it, and, and the hunters kind of develop their strategy, right? They 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 improve, right? Um, everyone was pretty new to it, so it was it was a little bit like feeling around the dark. I mean, there's definitely some frustration at the table, and but I still thought that I, I thought it had some good moments. Like I I for me, it had a couple good narrative moments of of kind of like trying to faint one way and go another, and you know, it's a lot of fun when you're playing a just like if you play hide and seek as a kid, you're hiding behind some wall and, and, you know, you see everyone go the other way. And then when they're coming towards the wall, you sneak somewhere else. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of move is, is always fun. So, um, what did you think? So, I, I mean, I think it, I think it's good. I, I think you're going to have to play it two or three times to understand the mechanics well enough to, to do the searches and, the and just do everything well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, there were some things that kind of weren't initially super clear, which made us make really bad decisions. And, and, um, like Dracula being able to hide was a, an example of that. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. So like, we, like stay in the same spot and not move. Right. So that, that kind of, right. So you're, you, you, you have some information, right. Of, of whether he's at land or at sea, for example, and we we all used that to infer where he wasn't, which turned out to be totally wrong. So, <laughs> so we were just, you know, walking around. Is is he here? No. Is he here? No. Is he here? No. Is he here? No. Right. And and after a while, that gets really really boring, right? Like you're just you, well. Failed again. Like yeah. you're making zero progress, right? It's so, interesting. I had I, one of the things I love most in games is tension, right? I mean, that for me, that's really what drives a game. And you can achieve tension in, in games a lot of different ways. And for me, playing Dracula, the game had a lot of tension, right? But I can understand where it lacked that for the hunters. Well, if you never catch up with the trail, then there's no tension, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just eventually you're you just fizzled out, right? Because you spent all your energy running around looking for the trail and you essentially didn't find it for four fifths of the game or or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that just that that piece of failure eliminate just just reduced whatever tension I think there there was initially mm -hmm. to 
to not exist because right. you're just you know so not to get all into it's, the game it's kind of it's kind of like losing yeah. a boss fight for the 35th time you're like i'm ready to move on to the next part of the game right right you know what I mean? yeah so just roughly speaking the, the kind of the, the structure of the game is that there's three weeks more or less that the hunters have to catch dracula and there's a day and a night of, of each of those days uh day and a night phase dracula is obviously more powerful uh during the night and the hunters are all going to get to go and they're going to you know either be moving around the map or they're going to be searching the map or they're going to be you know drawing items basically to to make themselves stronger and that's what they all do and then they do that for the day and the night dracula playing dracula like i said has a lot of tension but you don't really get to do a whole lot like for the most part you're just kind of sitting at the table kind of chuckling to yourself watching the hunters <laughs> you know sort of bumble around figure out where to go and then you're based on what you're picking up from what they're saying out loud you're trying to figure out what options you have that might fool them right? right and so then at the end of that 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 midnight of the day you dracula has this trail in front in front of that player of six cards i believe and they're face down and if ever a hunter they basically have city cards they have a deck of all the city cards on the map and there's quite a lot of city and sea spots i don't know how many but 50 or there's, yeah. there's quite a bit um and what you're doing is is you're putting down these cards and you have to move adjacent and you have this trail mm-hmm. and the hunters don't know where you're at. But if they ever move into any place that's on that trail, you have to flip over that card. And so that what you know what you're talking about there of of never hitting the trail, you're not really getting any information to make any real deductions on, except that well, he's not in these places that we went. Right. Right. Of these of these forty four places, right. he's not in any of them. <laughs> right. So the so the hunters have these have these um sort of two things they need to do that are at odds with one another. One is that they need to spread out so that they can bumble upon and hit the trail. Mm. But also if they do run into Dracula, he's a lot more powerful than they are, certainly in the first parts of the game, and they have to be careful not to die. So, so what you want to do is you kind of want to find him and then get away and then have every, and stay on the trail kind of behind where Dracula is and then kind of chase after him. So like you're saying, I think if a little more practice with the game, I think the hunters, it would be more interesting and it'd be a lot more fun Yeah, that, for, for, for everyone who's not playing Dracula. I just don't think you can play it once really. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So totally. it's, it's, it's uh, the second or third time you, you maybe hit your stride with understanding the mechanics and everything else. Right. And and so the, the trails do go cold eventually, right? Like when the, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're more than six moves in the entire game. Yeah. But once Dracula succeeds in incubating one of these vampires, it, it clears out some of the, the trail there. Right. And that can be a little um, frustrating, although you still have an idea of where that happened. So you can really start to corner him, and it's not like you can teleport across. No, the map. no, I'm just saying like that. There's there's more than six moves to the game, right? Oh like, yeah, 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 it, yeah. There's it, it, it quite keeps a bit going. So you know, my I was a, I felt a little kind of mixed at the end of it. Like I had a pretty good time, but I was like, and you just said you, it's something you need to play more than once. But I didn't really get the feeling that everyone was like. Like oh yeah I can't I'm looking forward to playing that again so it it, it was kind of like uh I mean I I definitely play it again it just you know yeah the 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 not catching the trail for the majority of the game was right in, just really anticlimactic totally right and I have that issue with other one versus many games like mm-hmm. when I've played Imperial Assault um I played that for a year and a half uh with with a group and it started out with lots of tension in which side was going to win and then I was playing the one in that mm-hmm. case again and by the end it it got it really started to be flat because the one side just had too much power and it just felt like it wasn't fun for everyone it was totally anticlimactic right. and it and it lacked any like you know real like oh man this is great that we had for the first four or five missions and this kind of had the same thing and, and and that would be interesting there are other hidden movement games there's like something called specter ops and there's some other ones that you know the classic is scotland yard just almost a kid's game of you know trying to find mr x running around london hmm. um that do the same core mechanic of find the guy mm-hmm. but without all that extra stuff on top of it right and and so it kind of depends what you're going for like i I enjoy all that extra stuff, even though I'm not really like a goth horror thing. I think that Fury of Dracula <laughs> does does it so well 
And it, like, it just, everything about it is like, feels like a Dracula game from just the way the board looks to the cards. I mean, it really gets that. The, the theme is, the theme is super well done. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and the, the, you know, I, I wonder if Dracula's here. Oh no, I have awoken a, a sleeping vampire and it's going to yeah. eat my face. Like that, that was, I think that was, yeah. that was really strong. And so one of the things I think that you left out is there's always four hunters, right? That's right. So like, this is ideally a five person game yes maybe three or four. i think three would be okay too right um with each a uh, hunter player playing two hunters mm-hmm. uh stacy and i played it with two players and that was not fun no because you'd just be doing- well, it's just too much and it's also like they have the hunter has no one to kind of directly gets no insight into what the hunter's thinking because there's no table talk right and it's just it was just kind of like boring but we only did that just to understand how the game worked sure yeah, you know that's yeah, yeah. not something I, I would never play that too yeah i'm just saying three this player is, will be fine this is a a game this is a co-op ish game for ideally five exactly five exactly people. five people <laughs> yeah i think is is definitely where it's where it's best how would you compare it to some of the because you tend to like the the games dripping with theme where does it like who's going to like this and kind of where does it fit in in that I mean, if if you if you enjoy that Dracula aesthetic, right? Like if you if you like, um... <laughs> especially like the Gary Brand Oldman, Stokers. the Gary Oldman yeah. movie, like that aesthetic is kind of what it has. Yeah, yeah, just that classic, not too like hammy, 90s. right? Not 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 super hammy, but not super like ooh, dark goth. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the word I'm searching for. Not um, vampire obsessed, kind of blade. Uh, right, ask, right, right, right which i i really enjoy blade but um but yeah so if, if that's the theme it's it hits that really perfectly right yeah. um you just have to be prepared to play it three times right yeah. to <laughs> to really get into that that theme of being mina harker or, or um what's his name what are they what are they van helsing no no the doctor the the not oh, doctor, I forgot the, doctor's the, the rich name. guy the rich oh the guy. rich guy <laughs> so that is kind of fun rich, richie rich in the pants. game is that, that <laughs> Uh, gold, 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 Schlager? gold, no, gold, uh, Goldeming or gold, go, gold, Godalming. Oh, Lord Godalming. Lord Godalming. That's yeah, it. Which is almost certainly the wrong pronunciation. I'm sure. Um, but it is fun to be like, oh, it's rich guy's turn. Yeah. 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 Doctor's Cause, turn. Cause Van Helsing's turn. Mina's turn. Right. Um, you know, it's nice to be the guy that can buy all the things. <laughs> What's your power? I'm just rich. It's like, <laughs> right now. Very, very good. It's, you know, not not something that I'm going to say. Hey, everyone needs to go out and buy this one or anything. But if you get a chance and the appeals to you, um, like I'm going to bring it to uh, to my game group next week, just because it's October. Mm. You know, and, and see. I don't know if I don't, not necessarily a great fit for for that group, but again, it, I think it, it works pretty well. I mean, so, it's a good. It's so a it's good. Very attractive. It's a good October game. Yeah, and it did just get a recent reprint. I have the third edition is what we played uh, in the last year or so. It, there's a fourth edition that came out. So I think that's what's oh, wow. uh, that's what's out in the stores. I don't know why this game in particular keeps getting these new editions. I don't know what about it. It's kind of <laughs> rare that you see a game that keeps getting a different box art and different well, all the, this stuff. But I thought, you know, I thought the, the art and stuff was really nice that we had. So I'm, now I'm yeah, curious what the fourth edition is. The, like. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that it comes with pre-painted minis. Hmm. Which is like fine. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but right, I, it's not worth a new printing, though. You would think, but okay. yeah, yeah. So, Fury of Dracula, very cool. Blah. Uh, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I I had this uh, thing. I've been trying to make this list of as I've played various board games, video games lately. You know, I we like to talk about all sorts and kind of the crossover. And a lot of times when people talk about crossover between board games and video games, they're talking about, you know, certain themes. Like for instance, um, I'm trying to think of there's Super Mario Monopoly. Yes. Super Mario Monopoly. (laughs) Thank you. Super Mario Monopoly is a perfect example where you just take the IP, the intellectual property, and you say, we're going to go and make a board game from that. Right. Um, usually a very thin fallout player. fallout's another one. Yeah. There's okay. a fallout board game. So that's another perfect example of that type of thing. I'm not really talking about that. What I'm talking about is I want to talk a little bit about board games where when I play them, I get the mechanical sense that, that it's trying to evoke what I get out of playing a video game. Mm. 
Okay, so there's there's some things, and I don't have a ton of these, but there's just a few that I kind of wanted to um, talk about. I'm not even sure how many of these you've played, but um, so I'll just kind of hit some of the ones that, that I was thinking Well, Seventh, seventh Continent's the one that you bring up. I do bring that up all yeah. the time. I bring up Seventh Continent all the time. I've brought up recently of, you know, I know you loved playing Zork back <laughs> in the day. You know, you like the IF to interactive mm-hmm. fiction things. We're probably talking about interactive fiction maybe next time. Um, any of those adventure games, uh, my wife loved all the King's Quest games and mm-hmm. played all of those. Monkey Island, you know, any of those games where there's this exploration aspect, and then to varying degrees, kind of, you know, some games will be more like you must put the box in the thing right. to, to solve the puzzle, right, right? To open up the next thing. But some games allow a little bit more creativity. You know, I imagine a lot of the interactive fiction games will allow you to be more creative in terms of how you solve problems. The better ones. The yeah. better ones will, right? <laughs> it's not like, oh, you didn't type that right. Yeah. Um, the ones I wrote in basic when I was nine, not no, so much. Yeah, not so much, right? <laughs> um, but Seventh Continent, which I've talked about before, which is the game I've spent the most money on of anything in my collection. Mm. And I, I, it's, it was a Kickstarter, it, you know, seven million or whatever. And it's just a, a beautifully produced, true, true exploration game that you can set up and take down in five minutes a piece, just like you would save an adventure game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, like I saw with the, with the interactive fiction games, you just, you know, save whatever and it saves it and you can come back, restore my thing and there you are. And this <laughs> so, has this so has that same feel. Not Gloomhaven. Not Gloomhaven. <laughs> right, exactly. It it's that it's that I just jump in, I can jump out and I'm exploring and Seventh Continent has different uh curses. They're kind of like scenarios and what they do is as I've explained before you're you're exploring this continent. So if you do a that particular curse, you're going to start in a different spot on the continent, mm-hmm. but you might you don't really know how it all pieces together. So the um, what's what's the video game term? The uh, the spawning is different each time. It's uh yeah. So it's not it's not procedurally <laughs> generated. It's not something you know. It's not like if if you know a particular area of this continent, that's going to more or less be the same, right? It's not like it's totally random. But although there are some random aspects in terms of, oh, okay. of exploration. But kind of the structure of where there are islands and coasts and all that is right. is the is pretty much at least as far as I know, okay. which I've played a bit. Um, but that open ended problem solving, a lot of co ops, right? It's like you're either just doing a puzzle to like you know get cubes off the board, or you're mm-hmm. or you play an unlock game, and it's like you have to do a specific thing. Do thing. This is right in the middle there where you get different tools and how you want to approach. Like you have to get across there. Do you want to swim or do you want to try to? Cr- craft a raft and whatever and, and it really feels like playing an adventure game where you're kind of trying different things and, and seeing what works so um as i've said i really want to really is, want you to try that out this is one that you can't buy right there's no retail <laughs> yeah you can buy it secondhand it's really awesome you can't have it <laughs> i know I, I always feel like such a jerk saying that but you can it's just secondary market is still um is still pretty high so that Seventh Continent, that's in kind of one area with, with adventure games. Definitely does that the best. Another one uh, we've played over at Game Lounge, I don't own this one, is called Potion Explosion. <laughs> and so Potion Explosion, is a, is, uh, it's got this little sort of slanted uh, cardboard platform that you build with, with columns and different colored marbles come down. And these are going to be elements of potions that you're trying to create. And so it's very tactile in that you have, you know, five, I think there's five columns of of these marbles and they're you know physically rolling down and it looks just like if you're playing Bejeweled or any of these games where things drop as you take right. them out right whatever that but this is reality but this is reality right <laughs> so it's not like somebody said I'm going to make a Bejeweled board game but somebody made a, a a board game that when they converted it back to iOS kind of almost built itself because mm. that engine of columns and pulling marbles out is is there right so then when you use these marbles you're trying to make different potions and collecting these is, and, you know you get points is severus snape there to tell you that you're doing it wrong or no there's no. nothing like that but but it even has the whole thing of you know say you there's two blue po- two blue marbles and you pull the red out in between right because you want to take the red right now that the two blue ones have hit each other that's a combo and those have exploded <laughs> and you get the two blue ones right so you're looking for those cascading things just like you would in candy crush or or any other game where you knock a thing out and i mean there's I don't know, officially 85,000 of these on the app store. 
<laughs> so anything like that, Candy Crush probably is the most known right. or Bejeweled. I, I would yeah. Although Bejeweled, you're actually kind of like swapping. Mm-hmm. So it's not swapping. You're pulling out and then things are falling. Um, it's like Kinetic Connect 4. Yeah, kind of. I mean, sort of, except you're not trying to, you're, you're collecting these, these marbles that then you, you're, you're trying to build different potions. So to build this potion, I might need like four red marbles and mm. three black marbles, right? So I'm trying to collect these and you get little powers and stuff. But anyone who's ever played any of those games on their phone would know right away, like, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing playing this board game. So I think it really evokes it uh, quite well. So that's uh potion explosion. And I think it's, it it's, Quite fun too. I mean, it, it's. I thought it was just going to be all gimmick, mm. like, like there's nothing to it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's not just a gimmick. I think it's. I think it's pretty. It's uh, a good time. Pretty good time. Yeah. This next one, I know. I'm pretty confident you've played, and this <laughs> and this is so. I, and there's a whole series of these games that kind of evoke the Tetris thing, right? Of where you have you have polyominoes or tetraminos or whatever you call them, the the squares in different shapes that you are trying to fit together, right? Mm-hmm. And in Tetris, that's like the classic thing where they're falling and, and you know, your brain just, after you play Tetris for hours, like, like I did yeah. on the Game Boy, your brain just keeps doing Tetris patterns mm-hmm. forever and ever, mm-hmm. right? So Uwe Rosenberg has a whole series of these games, Patchwork and Cottage Garden and Indian Summer and all these things that are probably the most known ones. I know you've played Patchwork. Yep, we've got it. And it, it doesn't feel like Tetris in that you're, they're falling. But you're trying to piece these things together. Right. You're trying to build a shape effectively with a bunch of shapes that you have. Yeah. And you're trying to fit them in, mm-hmm. right? It's this whole thing of, of, of it's kind of like doing a jigsaw puzzle without the, the jigsaw pieces. They're just, you know, but it's strategic edges. too, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of, it's a, it's versus jigsaw puzzle. So. Right. And so what I'm, what I'm kind of getting at with this whole topic is like, if I showed patchwork to somebody who who they they would immediately be like, Oh, this is like Tetris. Yeah. Right. It's like that that's what they feel, even though there's a theme with patchwork to like, you know, making a quilt and buttons or yeah. I mean, barely there's, a theme. There's buttons. There's buttons. There's <laughs> barely a theme. Um none of those games I feel really I mean, maybe patchwork is the best in terms of theme because you're patching together Mm-hmm. pieces you know and obviously your wife's a big yeah. quilter it, so I mean, you're she, literally you're piecing literally a piecing together. a quilt together yeah. whereas some of these other ones like indian summer or cottage garden nobody builds their garden by like you know squares taking a <laughs> an l-shaped bit of their garden i mean that it's kind of no one does that whereas i think the the, the quilt thing kind of works there's going to be someone someone who's really into you know shapes it's mm-hmm. really, yeah, yeah, but just like potion explosion, someone's gonna be like, "Oh, it's like Candy Crush." Mm-hmm. I think someone with Patrick would be like, "Oh, it's just like Tetris, mm-hmm. right?" Um, combat Tetris with fabric. Combat, combat. So you're trying to win. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Versus player versus player. Um, PvP Tetris. Right, and so this the and then the last kind of one I have of board games that kind of evoke video games for me. This is games with this programmable movement, and I'm not. Maybe you can help me. I'm not even sure what video games, but it just feels like it. Um, maybe it's like all the tactics games, like Fantasy, Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Advance Wars. This would be games like Dragon and Flagon or Mechs vs. Minions. So in Dragon and Flagon, uh, that is the name of this fictitious fantasy tavern where you know you have all these different, you know, have a monk and a wizard and a barbarian, and they're all in there, and you you literally have like little cardboard tables with Mm -hmm. little beer mugs on them and and chairs and what you're doing is you're trying to you know you can do things in this game like stand on the table and boast and then like throw the table into somebody else and you just (laughs) it's totally not my favorite game it's a little too um too thematic no it's just kind of like a kind of too many rules like it's the sort of game that you just want to have like a good time with but it's a little too much rules for (laughs) for the fun it's silly, and then it's fiddly. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. silly and fiddly, and it, it needs to be a little bit less rules. Yeah, uh, you know, it can't you, be silly and fiddly. Yeah, and it's got the programmable programmable movement. Um, but the theme is kind of hilarious. Of like, you know, eight adventurers walk into a bar and yeah. and you know, wanna any any D and D nerd accepts yes, this uh, exactly this context. Yeah, yeah. and I mean it, the the funny things like the monk will do this like flying kick across the chandelier, you know, just <laughs> absurd stuff like that. Um, and then Mechs vs. Minions, uh, not sure if I talked about this one before. This is the 
the most absurdly overproduced game from Riot Games, who did um, League of Legends, mm. right? So it's the the minis on this. I mean, it, this is not a game you can get anywhere except from the Riot Games website, and this is the only cardboard tabletop game that they make. <laughs> and uh, I've seen it a couple years ago. It's the the production quality is absolutely through the roof, <laughs> um, and this is a cooperative programmable movement game. So you're all these, I don't even know what, like these um, mech, sort of cartoony mech things. Cartoon mechs. Cartoon mechs. And you're you're putting down what your program is to like, you know, like RoboRat, like move three forward and then turn right and then shoot. But you're all cooperatively doing this together to fight, you know, this horde of like 30 minions that are marching down the hallway or whatever. <laughs> Um, and there's a timed aspect to it in in terms of how much time you have to put your program together. So you can't sit there for 20 minutes and mm-hmm. get it perfect. So, of course, mayhem and hilarity ensue because <laughs> you put something out of order and that. And then the programmable logic the, takes over. The programmable logic takes over and, you know, bugs in the in the system or, or whatever. Maybe two bugs combined and things worked out really well. <laughs> but that type of thing, when you play that you kind of feel like you're playing one of these video games like Attack, like a Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I need, or uh, Into the Breach or something, where it's mm-hmm. like, I need this to go here and then to turn right and then to do that, right? And, and so this isn't going to be, a, these aren't in, as immediately accessible as like the Candy Crush or the Tetris things because not everyone knows those games. But I think that they have a clear lineage from that style of game. Yeah, I don't know. Those are just a uh, few. Did you have any others or... So, so this, this, this is not, this is not my forte. I mean, I, I tend to think of maybe the easier thing, which is all the video games that, that are essentially board game clones. Right. Right. Um, and those are really easy to call out most of the time, but then you have things like, um, oh God, what was the Lara Croft game? Um, Lara Croft Go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. That's a great example. Yeah. So those are. They're not really board games, but they they do have that kind of you know dodging again programmable movement yeah sort of situation. I hadn't even thought of those Hitman Go, Hitman Go, Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are really really fun. My wife loves those. I think she. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't believe when she like finished Hitman Go. I'm like, All right, you just played a Hitman game, like, <laughs> but you know that's an example of mechanics winning out over theme, I guess. Right, but it's 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 a very board game ish sort. Like you literally yeah. there's a Almost literally a board, right? Um, almost, right? Yeah. It's like a three D board um, solo, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's yeah. it's basically a solo puzzle board game mm. with lots and lots of scenarios. Mm-hmm. You set this up, and like, how do I figure mm-hmm. this out? Yeah, that's a good example of kind of this other way of the video games that effectively are 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 board games, and I'm not talking about video games that are. Yeah, the, the El- ports, El- Elder Sign ported to your iPhone. Yeah, or Carcassonne, which Carcassonne, is, yeah. you know, one of my favorite ports. I mean, mm. the I really think that's you know, kind of a, just a great way to to play that game. It's one of my favorite games. Like my son and I played that on the iPad just on a recent plane trip. Um, just works works really well. Um, I guess a couple others that I can think of in that vein. So there's Slay the Spire, which I've talked about a number mm-hmm. of times, which is this deck building game. But it has aspects that there's no way it could be a tabletop game because <laughs> the card I mean, it would be very it could but it would be very difficult you because the cards change cars, yeah you put stickers yeah, on the cars yeah. and it just wouldn't really work um, but it's that game would not exist without Dominion having been invented mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so it's it's a solo dungeon crawling deck builder um, on a computer on a computer right that is <laughs> super addictive or another one that I've I mentioned online all the time is, is age of rivals, which is this like civ building game where, you know, it's like three round, three or four rounds. And, and I play versus, I usually play this first, the AI, right. And you're, you can go, do you want to go the military route or go the temple route? Mm-hmm. All the classic kind of civ tropes. And it's a, it's a card game, but there's no way it could really be a card game because part of, again, it's, you'd have to put stickers on the cards and it would just be so fiddly that, that you wouldn't want to play it. But whenever people ask for like, what's a great digital board game, you know, I usually say Age of Rivals and Slay the Spire because everyone's going to talk about Carcassonne or Small World or right. those ports. And I think these do something different with the medium, but still totally feel like like board games. Um, and then the last one that comes to mind, there's this one I haven't played in quite a while, but I used to. It's called Card Hunter. And it's 
it it even has it kind of like wants to break the fourth wall of of you are you know a bunch of people sitting around the basement table playing D and D like that's the the kind of like like the board has stuff around it like soda and right and you order pizza type of thing but the game <laughs> it's a bag of Doritos yeah exactly right it's it's sort of like really putting you in that but the game is like a tactics game like I was talking about where you're moving around and and fighting the monsters and everything. And they're actually like the little cardboard standees. Like it's it's so strongly evoking mm-hmm. you moving your mini around on a board that is like modeling you playing on a board in a basement. Um, <laughs> and that's that has a lot of uh, standard fantasy tropes off in it. You're building a deck and, and kind of getting stronger that way. So that game's really cool. It's um, I think it's had quite a bit of support. I just I, I played it a bunch. Kind of played it out for for me. Um, but that's another one that couldn't really exist as a tabletop uh, game, or I guess it could. There's a lot of games kind of like that, um, but this one really shines as a video game be- because of what it can do with all the variety and the bookkeeping and, mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. Right? Those are the ones that I found. There's certain games that I just don't want to play. Like, do you remember Sent- Sentinels of the Multiverse? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a game that I don't think I'd ever bring out on the table anymore because. The iOS app like does all that fiddly bookkeeping just, <laughs> and just kind of handles the whole thing, right? So I think. So what 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 is that boundary like? Why? So there's definitely things like that 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 are too fiddly. Like you, we were talking about Arkham and Arkham Horror earlier, and um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I don't really play it anymore. And one is just the fiddliness of the just everything right sure right. yeah so <laughs> but it would be a good it, it might be more fun as a video game right just because you you don't have to think about all right what oh i have to move this counter system and this other counter system and then, yeah so are you asking like what's the boundary or like what are the things that contribute what is the transition point where where something like that that is a board game that it, you should probably just make it a video game right like yeah so i like so pathfinder the card game is the best example i can think of so i i own the like base set of the pathfinder the card game we played it probably 15 20 times me and Stacey, my son we you know had a, had a blast with it then they came out with the ipad version of it mm-hmm. played the hell out of it and we just played like crazy and the reason why is because the game itself involves all this shuffling all these adding up of modifiers rolling dice and then comparing <laughs> and and it like the amount the percentage of fun so you have to basically figure out what is the fun part of the game right and and then what percentage of time am I getting to do the fun part of the game versus just um, running running the game like administration mm-hmm. like so it's it's basically games with high administration costs okay right those are things that I I feel like I just want to play those um, as as digital so like pandemic I don't think the administration costs on pandemic are particularly high no they're they're pretty low mm-hmm. they got really high towards the end of the legacy. Yeah, the, the legacy the games complexity got really high. Yeah. Well, and just the administration of of kind of like you know w- what needs to happen here and and all the stickers and all that stuff that would be yeah a lot of know, special ma- scenarios and yeah right. So I mean that, that but still not that bad. But just plain pandemic, you can play that. Administ- the administration of the game is fairly low. You do this, you flip over these cards, da mm-hmm. da, you shuffle here and there. But when you have lots of modifiers and and some people get really kind of into that, and for me that takes away from the reason why I play games and that's right. the interaction part. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't really like the multiplayer solitaire style of game where I just kind of do my own thing and you do your own thing and we can right. see who's more efficient at it's it. It's all, it's all futzing. And then one of you is better at, at, yeah, at that. So I don't know that there's a particular boundary, but I can usually play, um, I can usually play a game and f- figure out if it's going to be better video. Like, so Gloomhaven would be an example of like, Shouldn't this just be an iPad game? And it <laughs> probably should. But I don't think I would play it as much because the, the like just having the cards, like there's an aspect of that game that I I feel would be would be lost. Like and I think what it is is the fact that in Gloomhaven, kind of the thing that keeps you is you don't talk about exactly what card you're gonna pick. So we'd end up doing like a pass and play. And mm-hmm. I think that would take away from the fun of it, right? It would be no fun for Stacey and I to pass it back and forth to pick our cards and then see what happens. Like that would, 
it would be okay, but um, it would end up being more of a solo experience, and, and I think right. that would lose something. Whereas some of the other things I mentioned, I don't. There's no really secret stuff, so it you can just both like Pathfinder or Sentinels of the Multiverse. You can both just look at the iPad and do your thing, and I think that's that's key. Hmm. So that would be that would be something that uh, you know. Or, I mean, there's games that would be complete and utter failures, like Fury of Dracula. I think would be <laughs> would, as a video game. I don't think it would be fun at all. So I, I mean, with with, with like the 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 Wii U sort of like you have multiple like one person has a has a has has the Dracula screen and then no yeah maybe but yeah. It, it just feels like that would that that just isn't something that would be very accessible for a lot of people to be able to play yeah no it would be impossible to set up right you, yeah. like you need a you need four controllers and then a like a special Wii U ish sort of controller or an iPad or something and then yeah I, what I'm saying with Fury of Dracula is that so much of that is is about the 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 theme that sure we could make we could come up with an iPhone game where we can all go mm-hmm. and bluetooth connect our phones and play a hidden movement game where I'm going around maybe that exists already right i mean that's kind of a neat idea right. and you all do that while you're on a plane or you're somewhere but something where you're getting a lot out of just kind of like the the whole thing of the board and the cards and all that I don't think that would. You're more engaged with the theme. Yeah, yeah. I, that doesn't work well. I and, feel and yeah. it's so much of it is the 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 theme. Yeah. So I mean, that I don't know. I just, I only picked on that just because we were talking yeah, about yeah, it today. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of games. Now, speaking of which, <laughs> this is actually a perfect transition to <laughs> the legendary games. Oh yeah. Which you we've played. I've had Marvel for a while. I have my you know, pros and cons with the Marvel, the legendary deck building game. You, you're an alien fan. You recently got alien, the Le- legendary, legendary, legendary encounters, encounters, an alien deck, deck building, building game. game. <laughs> so what was, and you talk about it a little bit, but it'd be interesting to hear in light of what we were just talking about with fiddliness and, and all this, would, would you rather just play that on an iPad? <laughs> well, so, um, you know these legendary games, right? You you uh, they're deck building games. You you have your initial deck of cards, and you you're spending things to go get more. And there's Marvel, there's there's Predator, there's Alien, there's Firefly. I mean, right? They, it's Upper Deck produces these, and they're these. So this so popular the, popular um, thematic things that aren't really treated in other games. Right, right. And this is super theme. Like yeah. this is super theme. Uh to the point where you can play each of the the first four alien movies, right? Alien Aliens, Alien Three. Don't look at me, man. Mm, yeah. And then the one that yeah. Anyway. So you can play the first three and then Alien Resurrection. Took me a minute. Okay. Um so you can play those movies essentially in a really kind of thematic way. And I think I think it's I think it's good. I, the the art is kind of fun, right? Like it's all kind of recreated, basically scenes from the films. It's not it's not screenshot. It's not, but it's not it's not stills. Yeah, it's not like someone screenshot right <laughs> screen or, or pulled a still and then pasted it on a thing and and moved on. I hate when they do it, that. That's horrible. Well, it just it's it, tacky. Yeah, like. I'm anyway, we won't talk about the, the sure. economics of, of well, there's a, there's games, a Harry Potter, there's a Harry Potter deck building game that that's all screenshots. I mean, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I would have rather just done like a, a cartoony art treatment right. of the characters, but right. go on. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's fun. It's good. It's, um, it's kind of brutal, it's which, which kind of makes sense given the theme of, of, of surviving the, the alien attack, right? Like, mm-hmm. Um, especially for the second movie, uh, where there's just crap loads of aliens. Um, so it's, it's, it's good. Uh, the challenge that we had, and I did buy it aftermarket. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, to a certain extent deserved it, but did you get it off BGG market. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but, but the challenge we had is just like the cards aren't really well separated and defined and so you you kind of get told oh go do this to set the game up and it just took us it took us forever it's, to set the it's game filing up. cabinet hell like yeah truly. No, there's, like, there's like marvel's the same way yeah hundreds 600 cards or something yeah. and, and 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 then the instructions are a little obtuse right um, it's like pull 20 of these and 50 of those and then shuffle them all together 
And yeah. So thankfully, I, I'll probably get the name. I probably wrote down the wrong name, but Guar Juice on on BGG. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, apparently uh, made a made a list or uploaded. Maybe he didn't make it, or he or she. Um, but anyway, they have provided on BGG a, a list of the cards and and. I like kind of Guar Juice as a they. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> hey, are you aware of Guar? Are you familiar with Guar as a yeah. as a okay? Yeah. Um, we won't go there. Um, but but Guar uh, Juice? No, not, no, not familiar. Yeah, that's uh, why I said they. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on. So, <laughs> so anyway, they provided they provided a, a, a basically a list of, of breakdowns of of the cards that you you need and and kind of what the different cards are, which you would think would be really simple, but it, it's pretty necessary to, to really get the, the, the real setup and experience, um, done. So that without that, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, I basically wouldn't have got the game set up. It's amazing how many publishers will publish a game and then make it not easy at all to play the game. Like they don't think about, you know what I mean? Like they don't think yeah. about that whole part about the person who's going to this is Get literally going. This is literally a one-page PDF document. Yeah, like it is a. It is a. It's not eight. What, what, what do we have? Letter. It's a letter. Eight and a half by eleven. Eight and a half by eleven. Piece of paper. <laughs> not a four. With not a four because <laughs> this is America. Um, but <laughs> but it's literally a piece of paper with the, like all of the like this 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 deck. You know, build. You have these five cards in it, right? Mm-hmm. And they have three of these and two of these, and like it's like the simplest thing in the world right. that they did not provide. I mean, even the DMV tells you that you need one of these documents, right. one of these documents, right. and one of these documents. Right. And like you know. I, I I I feel like I'm just kicking upper deck for no particularly good reason but like it's it's like it's no there's good reason it no there's a good reason but it's 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 anyway i like the game it comes with this giant mouse pad of a a, a player mat a player mat with all the kind of different places you put the cards and it's covered with theme and it's just super gory (laughs) is the do you know you probably don't know is was the player mat standard or was because like the marvel one is a mounted board i like the player mat do you I, I don't understand. I was asking, asking, like, was do you think when you got this, did the person advertise it who sold to Gore, not Gore Juice, the person who sold it to you, <laughs> did they did they say did they say anything special about the mat or like sometimes those things are like extras? Like, and oh no, I don't think it was extra. Do you think it was just part of? I it? mean, okay. maybe, but I, I really don't get that. I, ju- I just thought it was a little cooler than, Everyone... than the mounted board in Marvel. Just, I like the mat thing. It's yeah, kind of, I mean, cool. I did a little research before I bought the game, and everyone talked about the mat. Okay, so it's probably so, just, I don't so know yeah, I, I think yeah, I don't know how you would play this game without the mat. Right. Period. So I, I've not played the other legendary games, but the the basic idea is deck building, as we've talked about before, where it's the you know standard you're you start with some schmoes in your beginner deck that aren't very good, just like you did in Dominion mm-hmm. back in the day with some basic stuff. And you, you are buying uh, better cards in Marvel. You're buying superheroes in, in alien. I assume yeah, you're, you're buying, buying, you're buying, you're buying Ripley and characters, such, characters yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. And so you're buying these abilities too, that either are going to help you buy more characters, right? They're like money mm-hmm. or they're attack oriented and possibly both. Right, mm-hmm. and they're going to help you, you know, achieve your objective of attacking things. And so you have that part of it, and the other part with the legendary games is that you have this conveyor belt of baddies, you mm-hmm. know, challenges that are coming out. And it sounds like in in this one, it's a little tougher than in Marvel in terms of how it works. But you have this conveyor belt, and you need to. There's a time aspect where you need to to knock out those challenges that are moving across the conveyor belt before they get to the end of the conveyor belt. Cause then bad stuff starts. Yeah. Happening. And then they start, they, ba- they basically start beating you up. Um, so in there Mar- is a hit point kind of mechanic in this, in this, right. That Marvel doesn't have, yeah. um, in Marvel, you, it's one of these games where you're all trying to beat, you know, Dr. Doom or, or whoever the mastermind is, but you're trying to get the most points. Does this have this, or is this just a pure co-op? Like we win or we lose. I, I probably missed that. Okay. Instructions. <laughs> like, right. I was like, I was going for the minimal level of success. I know the advanced game has a lot of stuff in it. Like okay. there's, there's uh, some trader mechanics um, in the advanced game. If you, if you get kind of face huggered and, and implanted, you come back as an alien and you, you're, you're now like explicitly fighting mm-hmm. the other team. And then you get a whole new deck of cards that are alien cards. So there's a lot of, there's a lot there. Someone um, should do a half life of this. 
A Half-Life? Half-Life, like half the video game Half-Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Half-Life version. Well, you this. said Facehugger, I thought, yeah, of yeah, Half-Life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's, uh, I don't know, it's good, and, and like I said, there's a lot there, and, and you get to play a you know, the various movies. And if you're, yeah, if you're a fan of that series and I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the first movie. I'm, I'm mostly, a, I'm, I'm a fan of the second movie and the, the rest, I think. Yeah. No one's super so excited I'd, about, but you know, I've only seen aliens and it was years ago, mm. but I just, as we were talking about, I'd, I'd be interested in trying it, uh, just from the mechanical angle. And, you know, I like challenging co-ops would be, it'd be pretty fun. Um, you know, it, I'm sure it's something we could like do as a, Four. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so the one, the one of the not the one complaint, Four people but the, yeah, yeah. The the complaint that I've heard is that as it scales up in people, it just becomes too hard. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, you know that filling up of of the 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 list of baddies that that slowly are getting you. You you don't you don't equip yourself fast enough. Makes sense. Um, and so you just get the snot beating out of you. So gotcha. that it's worth a try, but yeah. but. But that is the complaint. Like once you get to five mm-hmm. specifically, people are like, it's, it's like impossible. So, And one thing I've seen that this isn't realistic uh, in, in like your house, but I, I know there's people that play these games because the setup and teardown is such a bear that they basically just, some people that play these games all the time will just kind of just leave, leave it up. Out. It's kind of like their game, right? And they'll <laughs> leave it up and, you know, and they'll kind of play through. And the one thing I can say about any of these legendary games is the, re- the variety is mm. overwhelming. Right. Like in Marvel, it's like you're picking whatever four or five uh, superheroes to pick every time. And whether you're picking some X-Men or some Avengers or different Spider-Man and the amount of I mean, first off, the amount of Marvel superheroes is, I don't know. Right. That's absurd. That's that's we won't even talk. We won't talk about that. But I mean, you're picking four or five and like how their powers work together and then like where this battle is going to happen and what mastermind you're facing Mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, all that stuff just it kind of feels the same, but it's also kind of. It's not just like turning up the difficulty from one to two to three to four. It's like a different thing. Yeah. Well, so that that's, that's what Im- cool. that's what impressed me about just Dominion itself, right? The original one right. of those games is is right. That's once true. I once I figured out how how it was played, I was like, oh, I've got these like nine hundred other cards that could be out here but aren't, and and so yeah, my strategy would be totally different with different things. And on the- sometimes just tweaking one or two cards that are available yeah. completely changes the way you're gonna yeah yeah, play. yeah yeah. So it's it's um. There's a lot of there there. Yep. Right. Yep. So, uh, and I enjoyed it a lot. And if you like alien, aliens, yeah. etc., then it might be for you. Cool. Um, what else so what, have we been playing? Let's yeah, see. Or what, what else is coming up? So I got BGG Con mm-hmm. coming up in November. You're the week going out with Thanksgiving. A, a, a bag of boxes, a box of bags. A I'm bag going of out with a. I'm going out with a suitcase dedicated to just things I've sold. So, <laughs> uh, I. I so a few months ago, I basically said, I want to sell between 10 and 20% of my collection. Mm-hmm. And I have succeeded in doing that. What I've not succeeded in doing is not getting more things into the collection. <laughs> so while, while, while I feel like I've done a great job, I've sold over 20 games, um, you know, either on BG market or I'm selling at the virtual flea market at the con, um, you know, and, and, and that's been a pretty steady flow, which is great. It's it's kind of just like sort of just treading water in terms of the overall collection size. I was hoping to get under two hundred, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Um, so Jason insulates its house with cardboard. That's what. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's not. It's some. Pe- I mean, looking at some people uh, who because I, I see some of these people in this virtual flea market that <laughs> sell and they will list seventy things. I'm like, what is the size of their collection? Literally over two thousand games. Yeah. I was like, wow, it just kind of, kind of blows my mind. Um, but I, you know, I, it's been good. I've been selling a lot of smalls, like a lot of smaller stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of in the five to $15 range, but you know, picking up some stuff that, uh, that, that I've been looking for. So I'm either looking for, or just kind of looks like a pretty good deal and, you know, willing to try out or can probably resell. So I've gotten a lot better at buying stuff. Most of the stuff I'm selling is things that I bought when I first got, Right. into a hobby and you know you just try different things this, this happens with a lot of people you sort of take the scattershot approach you don't have a lot of guidance you don't really have people mm-hmm. sort of saying hey you might like this or that and you just talk to some guy at a game store which as i've learned they generally don't always have the right. best advice right. you know i mean they're just it's like sort going of, to best buy to talk about a 
what kind of computer you should buy. Exactly. Yeah. You're just, you're just kind of getting one opinion and you have no idea how it pertains to you. So I think there's so much information out there. And nowadays, you know, things that I get, I, I do still get busts. I'll get games that are just not good fits. Um, but that it's so, so much more rare nowadays. So yeah, I've been selling, selling quite a bit and really excited for, for the con. We're renting a Airbnb this year, not staying at the <laughs> hotel, um, which would be a lot cheaper. And I just think we'll just have more fun. So that's going to be, that's going to be a good time. Um, got our usual list of, you know, games we want to play. And, uh, I think we're even going to do a little sort of hybrid podcast with, uh, cause I go with Ryan from out of game and we're going to do something on, uh, on his podcast where we'll record from there. And uh, if we do end up doing that, that would be, that'll be a ton of fun. Uh, just kind of a little, not, li- not live, but more kind of like an at the con style thing, you know, so ra- rather than a postmortem. Is there something you're really looking forward to playing or? Yeah. So that's a good question. Not, there's not too much. Cause I don't, I don't know what every year, right. I think I've mentioned they have this, uh, hot games area mm. where there's like 30 games that are set up. We won't know till, I mean, we're recording this, whatever it's October 20th or whatever it is today. Um, next weekend is Essen, which is the big German game game fair. And so we really won't know what are the hot games that are going to be out on the table at BGCon until right. the bajillions games come so out at Essen. The, the E3 of board games is next week. Exactly. The E3 is next week. And I think that's going to really determine, you know, what things uh, I'm, I'm excited to play. We kind of have developed our own traditions just with the guys I go with of the things that we want to play that aren't new. You know, like we, we like to have a game of Wiz War. For instance, a game where, you know, just wizards going around this maze and doing ridiculous spells. And it's kind of just this like late night tradition we like to do. And you just get all kind of slap happy and, and, you know, throw lightning bolts at each other's head. And it's a good time. <laughs> um, so I always look forward to playing that just because it's, it's really fun. Uh, we usually have a game of Wallenstein, uh, which is one of my favorite games. So that's, that's good. So we'll have some of those things, but I'm sure we'll play some new stuff. Um, yeah, we'll just see. I don't know that there's anything. I guess the Keyforge was was the one that was the one we talked about a while back, where mm-hmm. it's all the unique decks. Mm-hmm. That's going to be available by then. So, but you're not as excited about that anymore. I'm not quite as excited, but I I'm still curious. Yeah, like, I will definitely like I will certainly buy a deck. Um, and we I'm sure we will play. I'll you know buy one or two, and and play that out and see how it goes. Um, I'm not convinced it's going to be the, you know the be all end all of of uh you know this new thing but i think the idea is interesting there's this other game that i talked about where there's actually like which box you get has different cards in it it's like i think it's like i'm not sure if it's a co-op game but i keep thinking like what havoc this is going to cause for the secondary market right because normally like the secondary market you buy alien you know exactly what's in that box now how do you describe how do you resell this stuff Mm -hmm. because everyone's copy is totally different. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of secondary market stuff, trading and buying and selling and, and all that. I mean, that's a you know big part of how I keep fluidity in, in my game collection uh, at a reasonable cost, right, is, is doing it that way. You know, I mean, I, I know all of the United States Postal Service uh, <laughs> shipping box sizes by heart at this point. <laughs> but uh, I... I just wonder how that's going to work with uh, with having those unique style games. Yeah, it might be more exciting just because each one is different. So you might they might churn through, or it might be, yeah, no one might sell them. Right? They just might be. Who cares? Well, it's going to be impossible to describe what you have right. in a meaningful way. Right? right? It's like, well, do you want that? I mean, it's it's, it's it'll be kind of interesting to see how how that kind of rolls out. Um, now I just like going for the experience. There's another guy from Denver that's also uh, going who, uh, I game with now and then. So that'd be cool. Just kind of, you know, having a few more people. And, uh, I really look forward to work, you know, Wednesday to come back on Sunday. So it's kind of like my once a year, big fun weekend. And, uh, hopefully I don't get more stuff that can fit in the suitcase. <laughs> kind of bring a bunch of stuff, <laughs> deliver it. And, but you know, all the box sizes I to ship it back. So. Well, yeah, I guess got to fit it in that one, uh, in the <laughs> one suitcase. So that should be pretty fun. Probably next time we, uh, next time we record, I'm imagining I'll be back. So yeah, we'll kind of see how that goes. Yeah. Middle, little, middle of November. Middle, something probably. like that. Yeah. Do a postmortem on that. Probably like right before Thanksgiving. Um, so the switch, you're not playing the switch anymore. No, I am. I am. I just, <laughs> we were, so we had, vac- we 
had a little trip, family trip to Virginia. Um, and then it's been baseball playoff season around. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's kind of, um, we just get into that every October. So not a whole lot of video game. And you said you picked up uh hollow Knight, which I talked about last time. Yeah. I, I just like these kind of Metroid, um, or Vania Castlevania ish things. Cause you can kind of pick them up and put them down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in a way that some of the other games you, you, some of the other video games you really can't kind of pick up and then sit down and like, Hey, I'm going to play an hour of this and then, you know, go to bed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like having those and it's, um, it does. It You'd does. like them more on the switch. Cause then you could bring it. Yeah. And then you can wherever play you want. I could just, yeah. I you could, could fall asleep with it on it your in, face in the shower. <laughs> get a, a plastic bag, put my switch in it. Um, right. so, so I, I've been playing that a little bit. I, I completed Spider-Man without kind of grinding through all the grindy stuff in it. Okay. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really worth the money. If, 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 if you like Spider-Man at all. Sure. Um, That's what I've heard. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really it's really fun. I'm excited about uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. That looks like a lot of fun, and also Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it's yeah. an Assassin's Creed in Greece. Yeah. Greek mythology. That they've. I mean, they've pretty much had Assassin's Creed in every Western, every kind of Middle environment Eastern, you can have yeah. it in, and. I really like the ancient Greek stuff. So I'm trying not to buy that because it's out. I know. Yeah, that that's been out. Uh, since I like keep the seeing the fifth. ads for it. No, it like, looks amazing. It really looks good. Um, but I really want to play Red Dead Redemption too, and that comes out I think middle of next week. I think. Okay. Um. Anyway, it comes out soon, and I'm trying not to buy Assassin's Creed Odyssey because yeah. I too really enjoy Greek stuff. Yeah, one other game we hadn't talked about. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about if you'd seen any of the stuff for it. I don't even know what it's called, and it's this like star fighting game with like the Star Fox, and you you attach. Um, so you know, like the amiibo and all those things where you mm-hmm. buy the little toys yeah. and that. So it's that sort of thing, um, and you attach it to your controller, and it's got the pieces, and like what you plug into it, <laughs> like affects what you have, and so it's it's kind of. I don't like these things from a purchasing standpoint. We don't have to get into all that, but just this whole thing of like, oh, if you want to have that thing in the game, you got to buy that physical thing. Like the whole, that whole Skylanders amiibo thing kind of turns me off of like buying these little toys that to have the character. But that aside, this thing of, of it attaches to your controller and, and it's like this spaceship thing. I got to look up what it is. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. about. I mean, I know Skylanders and all these other things, but, uh, is this PlayStation or is this? It's so it's on, it's on all the consoles, I guess on switch. It's a little bit better because you get, I can't remember what it is. You get a little bit more content. Huh? I know. I saw it on Polygon this week. Okay. Um, I'll try to find something. We can have a link or we can, we can follow up on it next time. I, I, you know, you always get into these things where the video game bleeds into the real world. Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised you hadn't heard of it. Um, but it's, you know, Star Fox, right? Like that, the original. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, type of, yeah that type of world. Aesthetic. Yeah. yeah I, I think you're like, I think you can play. So you're a Star Fox. Fox. Yeah, yeah. Or you can play some other okay. anthropomorphic star fighters or something. Mm, now I'm curious. Yeah, so we'll, I'm, I'm going to spend the next 200 hours of my life playing Red Dead Redemption, though. So it's like, well, I'll add it to my list. You'll have to tell me how that is. And <laughs> I don't know. If we'll we'll see. Is there anything in Red, De- Red Dead Redemption Two in particular that you know you're really drawn to compared to you know that style, like you know the Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Alien War, all those sort of sandboxy games? There's something about this one that's going to be better because it's 2018 yeah i don't know i i really enjoyed the first game like a lot thematically really, yeah thematically i enjoyed the first game the gameplay was good um you know the graphics weren't that great because it was what five or seven years ago mm-hmm. it's, it's been a while um so i'm so seeing kind of that old west sort of thing mm-hmm. on the the playstation 4 hardware is going to be so I don't know. I honestly, I haven't paid a lot of attention to the gameplay or, or really anything else about it other than like, Oh my God, they made a sequel to this game. Um, but I'm also at this place where I, I generally don't pre-order games because I like to wait a couple of days to find out if they are terrible or not. And mm-hmm. you know, this is crushing be my terrible. Dreams. There's almost no, there's almost no chances. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be terrible. So 
Um, I don't have anything really specific. I okay. just, it was one of those games like, so Assassin's Creed will be really samey, right? Like, yeah. um, although be, they kind of rebooted the way that it, the game works. They did. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've heard a lot of really good things about Assassin, the new Assassin's Creed too, but, uh, or as well, but, but yeah, <laughs> you can't say anything anymore. Assassin's Creed 24. Assassin's Creed 6,000. Um, but I, the, the Red Dead games just made me think of, um, not made me think of, but but I, I put them in a kind of a similar category with um, The Witcher, and that that I I remember, and maybe it's been so long that I'm projecting now, but I I remember the the grindy bits being not very grindy, mm-hmm. whereas in Assassin's Creed I expect there to be a lot of kind of not as well written stuff. Okay. Right. So um, maybe my expectations are off, but I expect the writing to be better and, mm-hmm. and it to be more of an engaging sort of thing. So we'll see if right. I if I turn out to be right. Well, I will be shrine hunting in uh, <laughs> Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild in the meantime, and you can be in the West and it's good. we'll see how it goes. So uh, everyone have a happy Halloween and we will talk next time. Later. Bye. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Check out Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com. Context Free is a, is a contrarian content production. Uh, find out more along with our various detailed, wonderful show notes that contain lots of links about pretty much everything we discuss at contextfree.fm. Thanks. <laughs>